really strange to be looking out the window instead of at you, but I'm looking out the window at the moment. Yeah. And now I'm looking at you from a kind of angle. You look delightful. Like, so delightful is my word of the month, I'm assuming. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, me neither. Then what's the problem? I don't know. Well, you've got enough words in your um, lexicon. Lexicon. You know, with three languages, probably more. You've got a whole plethora of words. Plethora. No, don't record in the background, dumbass. Let's do this again. Hi, it's me. Welcome to NSW, aka Not So Whimsical. My name is McColl, my favorite seasoning is lemon, and I will be your host forever and ever. I will be inviting different people from different walks of life, share some food or drink we have lying around the house, and hopefully make you giggle. Okay, bye! Katie. Yes. Remember how we met? We met in our house. Well, we did. I know. So we met through activism because we're both activists. And filthy activists. Quite the dirty ones. Yes, awful. We hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we're just actually like dirt activists. That's what we're active about. It's not cleaning. <laughs> we like the world to be a dirty place, but also we don't like climate change. So we're still trying to figure yeah, out the-, they're the balance. It's difficult being a dirt activist. And then if there was less humans, there'd be more dirt because soil, dirt. Think about it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We met through uh, an evening with a f- really lovely group of activists. I love that. An evening with, you know, like when it's a, an evening with David Letterman or something, they're like, an evening with. Yeah. It's an evening with dirt. With the <laughs> with the group. I can't remember what I was talking about, but something that um, I was struggling with was that, you know, Sometimes the people in the group would refer to all of us as girls. Yeah. And so I was talking about it that evening. And that's when you, Katie, asked, what are your preferred pronouns? Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. No, I get that. I never thought I'd do this, especially on the podcast and especially with someone else and especially whatever. But I identify as non-binary. Yeah, I noticed when we were meeting, like when anyone said anything like gendered language or feminine gendered language, you would kind of recoil slightly in that kind of... You saw that? In this very kind of miniature way, you know, the tiny little things that you see and it's like, that's not, that's not sitting right. So I was like, maybe, and maybe like sometimes it needs to be someone else to make that first step for someone like, hey, what are your pronouns? And then you find out something different. You just gotta, just gotta be like, hey, I see that little... Twitch. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I just always try to um, assume that yeah. uh, that I don't know their gender. That I well, not assume. I don't know their gender no. as a matter of fact. And so I just always, when I don't know, I always talk about them in the neutral pronoun. Yeah. And when you ask me, I'm like, oh, because now I realize I have a non-binary dar. Yeah, you know, it's like, a vibe. I see that. Like, oh. Yeah, because cause I used to hang out with this person. I just remember this conversation we had, and I was like, but you're not a man, are you? And they were just like, <laughs> actually, no. Like, no. Yeah, yeah I, I've been thinking that for a while. Yeah. And they were really happy. I think you, you see it in other people because there's like, I don't know. A twitch. <laughs> yeah, a twitch, or just like not being inclined to talk about it, or not wanting to discuss, or, you know, never referring to yourself with the gender. I mean, I, for example, I will call myself, I don't know. I don't know if I'm comfortable with the term woman because I think a woman is very, when I hear the word woman, I think of things that I don't really associate myself with, but that's also to do with internalized misogyny. I think that's not so much. What's that like? (laughs) I've just never felt 
like I fit with anything. And then you notice that with other people where they're a bit like, oh, I've thought statistically out of everyone in the room that was there for the dirt activism, <laughs> some of us have got to be like not cisgendered, like like not cis. And surely not all of us are going to be comfortable with being called girls. Like I don't mind being called girls as a collective because it's fine, but some people won't be. And maybe we should be more open about that. And I think because in this particular activism group, we don't have men there. It's not just women, just because there are no men there doesn't mean that there's not yes. any other gender. That's why I was kind of scared of joining the dirt group and the <laughs> we need to stop calling it dirt. It's, it's, it's not, such a clean group. It's such a clean group. They, all, they wash so much. They, they all, Oh my God. They're so like, clean. Like it's, it's, it's surprising that we do activism at all. They're always showering. Yeah, the we can't. We're like, get out of the fucking shower, guys. No, they're the, the, the nicest group of people I've met. I've never come across a group of people that have just, as a collective, been so nice. And I was so scared to join because I thought it would be like a clique, like in high school or something where they'd all have established friend circles and be like, who's this? But, mm. And I think that is kind of inevitable sometimes when you come into a group and you're just like the outsider, you don't know all the in-jokes, you don't know all of that. But it was just, I think one of them said, you know, your opinion is just as valued as people who've been coming for months. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, they're great. They're not dirty at all. They're great. No, they're Wonderful. I think when there's also, when you join such a heavy feminist group you're always kind of wondering if they're going to be the kind of shitty feminists who are very yeah. you know like the turfs and the the people who walk down wearing like pussy hats and everything and are very like very vagina based that's not what i vibe with and i was like i really don't think it's going to be like that but i am a little bit cautious like as soon as i walked into the room and met all of them i was like nah, this is fine like you know so like came in and I just saw like the queerest bunch of people I've ever seen and I was like cool yes for sure yeah they're gonna be fine they're not gonna kind of gatekeep everything a friend of mine recently asked me if I talk about you as a friend in German it's Freundin and she mm. doesn't know how to gender that because otherwise it would be male yeah so what I do is add a little star cute Freundin. yeah in German it's so difficult I mean I'm only learning it still I don't know but I was thinking like how the hell are you non-binary in German that's so difficult because yeah. like the pronouns exist to accommodate that or not like no, I don't know they don't but anyway you also identify as non-binary if I'm not I don't again like we were saying earlier before the podcast I just kind of call it queer as an umbrella okay. because I feel queer in my sexuality and I feel queer in my gender um but the way I've kind of described my relationship with gender because I don't want people to think that it's like a not that there are certain quantifiers to being queer enough but I mean I know people who are non-binary who really struggle with like dysphoria and stuff like that and whether it's social dysphoria or physical dysphoria or anything um I just feel gender apathetic. I don't give a shit about gender. And it's like, I've never felt a link with being a woman. And I don't see why I should then be forced or socialized into identifying as a woman when I just, I don't feel like I have. Particularly, I don't have the need to have a gender. I'm just kind of vibing. I think... I'm comfortable with she, her pronouns, but I'm more comfortable with they, them. But then I think it's also very context dependent. Like if someone said she and then they made a real big effort to then like correct themselves, like, you know, when they kind of bend over backwards and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They, 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 that kind of makes me uncomfortable because yeah. it's like, it really doesn't matter to me. I'll really like it if you say they in just a casual way, like drop a they in, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to mind. I just don't really it's not something that i've minded about and when i joined quite a progressive uni i realized that it doesn't really have to matter that you can just 
define yourself, however that is. And I realized that through then that I didn't feel a great link with being a woman and maybe I'm not one. Some days I feel more closely to a woman and other times I feel like totally, you know, gender neutral, agender, whatever. And it's like, that's fine by me. I think it's such a fluid thing. And if people are really proud of being like the people at the activism group, if they really identify being a woman, that's amazing. And I think that's such empowerment in that. And I do find empowerment through being like feminine or a femme or whatever. But I just have never felt that big, like, I'm a woman, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yeah, through a lot of discussions with a lot of people that was like, maybe, maybe I'm not a woman then. And I was like, all right, cool. That's fine by me. Yeah. But yeah, I really, I don't know when I figured it out. I don't know. Do you know when you figured yours out? No. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happens. Do you ever figure it out fully? No. Right. I don't think so. Yeah. And so for me, I just know about myself that I've always played with gender and I do feel very uncomfortable about my chest Mm. a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, And sometimes I just look at it. I'm like, well, you just fuck off. Get out of here. Yeah. And on other days I'm like, oh, you guys are cute. I was never able to connect to gender in that way. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I didn't really just kind of thinking about it because I think it's so strange how the body and gender are linked i mean yeah of course they they're linked but i think it's so shit that we have to medicalize transitions and obviously if that's something that the individual wants to make that's a choice that you want to make and you want to go through with that then absolutely do that but i hate that we don't accept people who don't do that like who just want to socially transition and are perfectly content in their bodies it's like you have to hate yourself x amount to be non-binary enough to be trans enough to be whatever and like it just difficult man like you can love your body some days hate it and it doesn't have to be linked to your gender it can be whatever and maybe sometimes it is maybe it isn't yeah because a social transition also takes time people think it's like one day you wake up and you say now i'm this i think documenting the transition is probably a very nice thing to look at it i mean Mm -hmm. i know that some people who transition like to say that you know that person before is dead but i think documenting it just shows you like your journey yeah to this completely point. my best friend is a trans man and he's um staying right now with his very old american grandfather who is very queer accepting okay wow. we, i know i love like i frowned immediately yes, when you said grandpa but, no he's incredible every time that my friend my friend's called lewis and he hi lewis, hi, lewis. every time he comes to visit this grandpa he puts out the philadelphia pride flag like on the flagpole and it's amazing lewis told me the other day that when referring to lewis before his transition his grandfather calls him the previous incarnation of lewis and i just love that i love it it's like i just it was the best thing i've ever heard and such a great way of describing it it doesn't say that you know you didn't exist before but it's like you know the previous incarnation i love that he has a grandpa who's that accepting and that inclusive and he's the best and he made a voodoo doll of trump and <laughs> hung it in his bathroom and doused it in fake blood so we love this 98 year old grandpa 98 yeah oh wow he's amazing see if you're a kind person you just live forever yep that's the law don't don't, don't quote us on that but no quote me on that you know take me to court over that if you're an <laughs> asshole you're gonna die <laughs> yeah in terms of figuring it out can't really pinpoint P's are really terrible on these microphones. All I know is that in terms of what you just said about like, sometimes you feel like, in my case at least, sometimes I feel like she is absolutely fine. Yeah. 
I was listening to my parents. They were, they were in the other room. I visited them for Shabbos. Um, my mom was asking my dad something and then my dad said, she blah, blah, blah. I don't know what he said. And I was like, today, this feels really nice to yeah. hear that, you know? I think that's the thing. It's so context dependent. Like I saw this great post by a trans activist. I think they use they, them pronouns. Yeah, they do. They were saying that pronouns don't have to be static and it doesn't they were saying like my mom was helping me you know picking out a dress for me and put on my makeup before I went out to a ball and she called me he and that feels fine because when you're doing that then it's for them in that context it was like fine because you're helping your child put on makeup and you know do very feminine things and still acknowledging that they're non-binary yeah I think it's totally normal to want to change it given the context and given the days i've got a few non-binary friends who would rather in some context be referred to as she and sometimes they and like it's fine i think also that we have to get rid of the idea that she is a inherently female pronoun because if non-binary people can use she then it obviously isn't like it might have more feminine undertones but it's not inherently like binary female and yeah. everything like yeah i think we just have to let people make their own meanings for their own pronouns. I think if our friends call us she and on that day, it doesn't feel right. I don't know if I should say like, well, today. Yeah. Because it's so personal. I think that's the most important thing. I don't tell people, I mean, now I do. Um, <laughs> whoopee, my buddy. Uh, I don't tell people how I identify because it's my business. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's perfectly valid. However, but I think if you're in a group of people that you're quite comfortable in and they refer to you like, I've got friends who I've known for like 10 years and we're all queer apart from one of us. <laughs> it's Ugh, really funny I'm to kidding. have <laughs> the straight cis man minority. It's wonderful. Um, and even we were a bit unsure about that for a second. But anyway, mm. if I told my friends they referred to me as she one day and I was thinking, actually, you know what? It's more of a they day today. They'd be like, all right, cool. No problem. And that would be easy. But then say if I did it with people that know that I use both pronouns, but maybe I've only met them a few times, maybe it's more of a formal acquaintanceship or whatever, then I wouldn't be as comfortable going that. And not even, like, I'm sure they'd be fine with it, but it would make me feel uncomfortable, exactly. which isn't the goal with, you know, disclosing yeah. this kind of thing. You want to make yourself feel comfortable. Sometimes it's better just to be like, all right, I can deal with it today. I won't bring it up. It's not worth it. In our WhatsApp group of our dirt activism, um, <laughs> clean it's very clean of our clean activism <laughs> uh yesterday someone wrote hey party people and i was so i was like okay i love hey party people and yeah. i love that other people use it because i say it quite a lot i used to be one of those people who recorded loads of stuff for instagram like just talking to it like i'm some kind of influencer i don't and know I, what you're talking about I just sit in like yeah sorry you're a podcaster it's fine i didn't do anything no one gave a shit about what i was saying <laughs> but i'd kind of sit down in my car and be like hey party people so today <laughs> we're gonna do this this open mic session it'd be really cool if you joined that was only like a year ago and I look back and I'm like who the fuck do I think I am like who are you but you have to start somewhere exactly right? and but it doesn't matter point is that hey party people is probably the best greeting you can ever give it's gender inclusive it suggests that you like to party it doesn't specify what kind of party <laughs> could be a rave it could be a tea party it could be an orgy if I got invited around to a party and it was an orgy I would be a little bit taken aback Wait a second, I have to fix my chair. My uh, criterion for a good party is, are people having fun and are some of them wearing hats? Why hats? Party hats. 
Are they wearing some type of headdress? Have you ever been to an orgy where they're wearing party hats? Have I ever been to an orgy? That should be the first question. I mean, how about you? Would you ever go to an orgy? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would. I watched a lot of documentaries about orgies and they look pretty fun. I have to light a candle for no reason. That's amazing. I think so too. Why with a match and not a lighter? Because I think for candles, you have to be more delightful. Delightful. <laughs> You've watched documentaries on orgies. That is yeah. quite. There's this documentary maker who's very, very popular in the UK. Everyone loves him. He's called Louis Theroux. And every English person, if they listen to this, will be like, Louis Theroux, <laughs> the love of my life. <laughs> but anyway, he's a beautiful documentary man. He's done loads of documentaries about everything, everything you can think of. And he went to an orgy and he's this very rigid, straight, middle class, white English 50 year old. And it's like, he's just in the middle of this like very tantric orgy. And he's like interviewing them being like, so why have you come here? And why are you deciding to put this oil on this person? And it's like, <laughs> what? This is my favorite. It's so jarring and amazing. He's the best. That sounds lovely. But yeah, and I also watched a lot of that. Did you ever watch the Gwyneth Paltrow, like Goop Lab thing? She just did this whole thing about orgies, but it was like a very you know, Gwyneth Paltrow style orgy. She wasn't in the orgy. I think she just organized the orgy. Yeah, it's just strange. Basically, I've seen a lot of orgies, never been to an orgy. Unsure. Maybe like if there was like a masquerade orgy, you know, we have to wear masks. See, sounds like a party to me. Party hat. That could be the party hat. Oh my God. Or like an eyes wide shut situation. That film is so dumb. I'm sorry if you like it. No, Uh, no particular feelings. It's so dumb. I mean, also, it's such an oxymoron to begin with. Mm. Eyes wide. How, how do you shut your eyes wide, you silly goose? Wow. You've cracked it. You've demolished that whole film. Just Yeah. Thank you, Michael, for pointing that out. Oh, my God. Someone should... You should have been there. You should have gone, hey, guys, you can't have your eyes wide shut. <laughs> Has anyone thought of this? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> You're wasted here. <laughs> should be in the writer's room well you're welcome <laughs> i i think yes party i mean when i write in the group i always say hi friends because i think that's also lovely pals amigos see amigos is gendered is it yeah i didn't know that because it's amigo and amiga oh, yeah. oh, that's so sad what if you have plural amigos well amigos is plural but you know well what if there's a mixed amount of male and female amigos and you gendered languages are just like all right i wish in that sense that things could just be neutral because so in french there's this rule if you're talking about a group of people let's say 99 women and one man Mm. it becomes masculine yeah and i remember hearing that in school and i'm like why one man so we have to kill him yeah so that's what i would go in france this is being heavily talked about and discussed yeah as it should be but for example in german when we have the word student yeah it's student from like it's supposed to be male yeah but for me i see it as more of a neutral term yeah or I, at least i wish it was seen as that because then it would be way easier than when people gender it for both i've heard a lot of people say student innen and innen, yeah. and it sounds so forced yeah and I always forget when I'm writing something in German to add the bit that makes it female at the end, like the in or whatever. And it's just so annoying. Like, 
Why do you have to know my gender? Why do you need to know? Yeah. There's no kind of anonymity and it makes it kind of, I mean, with my name anyway, it's a very female name um, traditionally, but still. Is your name Catherine or just Kate? Used to be Catherine and then I changed my name. There was never Luna? No, I was called Louise, but I wanted to keep something with a Lou sound because my parents used to call me Lulu so I thought I'd keep it and I was obsessed with Harry Potter at the time not at but Luna's a bad bitch you know I like she is. and it's unfortunate what's happened with JK Rowling but Luna doesn't count in that world she's she's fucking great I I talked to my therapist about this quite recently um because you know I also told him yo bro gender sucks in my opinion yeah I told him about it we talked a little bit and then I also had some questions yeah. in terms of um in terms of his trans patients how he works with them and this big manual for mm. do you know what it's called the DSM four or five yes why does five everybody now? know except me and I, I own the DSM four I don't have the DSM five why do you own it my mom did a psychology degree and then she owned it and then she gave it to me and now I kill moths with it I, was, I thought you were going to say, like, and now I kill time or something with it. No, and like, but when and I was, now I self-diagnose every I night before to going to bed. I used to do that when I was, like, 16. I'd sit there and be like, what can I have today? Which is awful. Don't do that. I was 16 and stupid. Please don't go in. I mean, self-diagnosis is valid, but don't just sit there and decide which one you want to have today. You don't like <laughs> yeah, That's a whole other vibe. You know, <laughs> access to treatment and diagnosis is totally different. And you can self-diagnose if you you know, have legitimate cause and no access to treatment and doctors can be shit. But I'm saying, you know, it's not a bedtime story. You don't want to go and be like, I have six personality disorders that I didn't know I had yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I used to do it with movie characters as well. I'd watch movies and be like, right, which one do they have? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's like, why can't I just be normal and like read fan fiction or something? Like, it's what other 16 year olds do. Your therapist. Yeah. I was, I was asking him how he diagnoses his, um, yeah. his, uh, patients. And so, he said that he has to he has to call them sick because in the manual it says that it's a mental yeah, disorder which is so ridiculous yes and so he always reminds his patients dude i want you to know i don't feel that way about you if you're looking to transition this is what we have to do yeah so fucked up it's super fucked up it's terrible for him as well but what he did say is that this is complete new land for therapists because yeah. All we have is Freud and Young Erickson. <laughs> Just gonna come up with names to make myself look smart. Um, I know psychology. I yeah. I know everything because we all know the Americans go much more with Young and okay, nobody cares about this information. Well, Freud sucks. Yes, but I'm low key obsessed with him. Why? Because he was on so much cocaine and he just made a whole new science. Like, that is ridiculous. He, it's all bullshit and no proof to it. And, and like, can you imagine if I just kind of went, I think this ridiculous thing exists and fuck you, I'm going to do a whole line, like hundreds of lines of coke and you're going to believe me and we're going to be talking about you in a podcast in a hundred years. And everyone can suck my dick. <laughs> How fucking ridiculous. I have a Freud minifigure in my car. But like, I have to remind people that no, I don't think Freud is a good person. I think he's. No. 
We don't like Freud. I think like liking him or not liking him is just difficult. He made a first step, but oh my God, we have to stop basing all of our knowledge off of that. I mean, the reason that psychology, I think, was so successful was because a lot of people were trying to disprove Freud or at least find a basis for what he was doing. And sometimes maybe there was evidence for what he was saying, like through the work of other psychologists. But most of the time there wasn't. And then it just built and built and built. And I think that's what the important work in psychology is. He did the bare fucking minimum (laughs) and like just let everyone else do the work. It's important that he existed, but what is important now is everyone else. Every, every, everyone else. Literally anyone other than Freud is relevant now. I feel like um, psychoanalysts and just psychiatrists and and neurologists and neuroscientists and all these people are just going to count people now i think they're putting way too little work into gender identity yeah it's always been women are hysterical like can you believe that the term for removing a uterus is still hysterectomy i know oh my god i never even thought about it like that oh i get so angry all the time but like i think because it's just such a medical term you assume it's got a medical basis like i mean yeah so hysteria means uterus in greek that is true but the way we use the term is to say that a woman is hysterical is hysterical that she's crazy that you know because of her hormones and whatnot so you're basically saying we're removing the hysteria out of your body and i hate this whole thing about women being hysterical for having emotions or whatever and have you seen how many men just punch holes in walls for no fucking reason or kill women yes going to talk about women being vaguely angry for for 20 minutes and then going back to coping with their emotions in a healthy way not that being angry isn't healthy you should all be angry just i mean i love being angry i yeah, think it's, it's very, healthy. very healthy it's good to be angry if you suppress it and just push it down you're just going to explode one day and then that's no fun for anyone involved why do we normalize men because it's very macho to be angry and to be violent and to oh it's all very protective but just so fucking stone age you don't need to be this ancient about it so yeah it's ridiculous yeah it's like when you see in movies how a guy gets angry and like punches something or someone and then the woman is just like that was kind of hot could you do that again oh my god we love it when men are like a man punching a wall is like the most terrifying fucking thing. Like, because if he's going to punch a wall, what else is he going to punch? Like, yes. Okay. He's directed that anger to somewhere, but that's not where he wanted to direct it a lot of the time. It's awful. Like the TV series, You. Have you seen it? Yeah. Love yeah, it. I love it. But oh my God, I think people like you and I, not to say we're superior in any way, but, but we are. Yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, who can take a step back and be like, this is a great TV show. And this is a bad character and he's doing bad things. But I'm thinking about other people who I've talked to about it and they're like, oh, he's just misunderstood. He literally kills people. By also playing the narrator, he's showing you just how insane he yeah. is and just how bad his behavior is. With Dexter, I could still understand yeah. to some degree that people were like, he's really an anti-hero because he's killing the bad people. Yeah. But in this case, it's just like, no, he's a murderer. He's not a good person. It's like in the first scene where he says, oh, you're not wearing a bra. You did that on purpose, didn't it's you? Like, and oh, my God. I was cringing so hard. Yeah. And I love that part where he starts like masturbating in front of her door. Yeah, oh, my God. That was brilliant. That yeah. made him the sad little character. It really did. But I still know people and they're all like, oh, but everyone's human. And it's like, yes, but 
he wouldn't say that about so many people. Why are we even talking about it? Why are we feeling remorse for this guy? It's like, you know, oh, he's got mental health problems. And I've met a minority of people with this opinion, but the fact that I've met people with that opinion shows that the show has got that effect. I think it's a fantastic show. I think he's very well acted. I think it's a very well written character, but it's still, I think it's more ingrained in society that this is like normal, that men are allowed to get annoyed not murder but like this kind of troubled male protagonist who's got yeah. problems and oh my god he was abandoned as a child and oh no and he it, loves books that made him a murderer with sexual weird yeah. fantasies it's like to a much lesser extent the classic kind of 500 days of summer thing upon first watching you think that summer's the bitch and then you watch it for the second time the third time and you're like actually no She's not the bitch at all. It's it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character that's the absolute prick. You don't notice that because I don't even know why. It's just I've had so many people experience this thing of going, oh, yeah, summer's awful. And then you go back and you're like, actually, she's not. She's fine. She's just living her life. And he's projecting all these things onto her. But was that his goal? With what, the character or the writer? Joseph Gordon-Levitt's been very vocal about how his character sucks. It was written by Mark Webb. Oh, Mark I don't know what Mark wanted from the film. Yeah, because when I'm looking at the summary just right now, it says the hopeless romantic Tom falls in love with the sweet and charming Summer who doesn't feel any type of way about love. He also did The Amazing Spider-Man, which isn't a great film. This is the Mark Webb hate club. Uh (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start an activist group very soon. Yep. Join us. Join it. So yeah, the movie sucks. Yeah. I watched it once and I was very annoyed. And I did feel a certain type of way for Zoe Deschanel because it felt like she was constantly trying to run away from him. Like he was um like metaphorically holding her, shackling her. Is that a word? Yep. Noise. I don't need to see that kind of film again. I've been a edgy twenty fifteen Tumblr kid. I can move on. Who directed Love actually? What's his name? I'm sure it's Richard Grant. I actually don't remember why I'm so angry at that movie. Maybe because it depicts love completely wrongly and stupidly. And See, it's my favorite Christmas movie almost. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to criticize these things because also it was made in what, like 2003? There was a lesbian plotline with, you know, I don't know her real name, but she plays the French giant in Harry Potter. Madame Maxine. Yes, Madame Maxine. She was in a relationship with another woman in the film and she had terminal cancer and they did this whole they filmed all of her scenes they did it all and it was really emotional then they cut it out at the last minute because it just didn't fit with the flow i don't know how much that i believe i do understand that it's a busy plot you've got lots of couples but i'm sorry but some of them have the most boring plot line since we're in a second lockdown for a little bit how do you feel i feel all right i was all right during the first lockdown then i did have a job i was a key worker That's what we call essential workers in the UK. I was a care worker for adults with learning disabilities. So I had to make sure they lived their life. That's quite essential. Now I don't have a job. I do have my internship that I'm doing, but very low key. I don't have that much to do because my job is guest coordination. We don't have many guests to coordinate, funnily enough. Um, Uh Yep. So I don't know. I also live with two men who are very nice, but I struggle with men sometimes. My brain doesn't like men and it's like men bad gonna kill you i feel quite guilty about that because it's like how am i gonna navigate that so it will be interesting to see how my brain manages it even though they are the nicest men ever it's just like i don't know maybe i'll be fine maybe i won't i'm only in austria for four months in theory we'll probably end up being here longer eventually but 
I knew that it was always a possibility that we'd lock down. So I did a load of shit for the last three months. I've done so much. I've met everyone. Like I met all of you guys. And I'm just so happy I have a nice community here. So I'm all right to sit on my ass and watch The Crown on Netflix for like <laughs> three weeks. How long is it going to be? Three weeks? Four weeks? That's what they say. But, but it will be longer. And also like... Guys, we need we need to start like dealing with the fact that there won't be Christmas. I mean, I don't care. You know, I have Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah starts uh, on December 8th this year. That's cutting it close. Yeah, because like the lockdown is supposed to be lifted on December 6th slash 7th. But I doubt that. So, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to get any gifts. I'm not absolutely heartbroken. Do you celebrate Christmas as well or just Hanukkah? No, just Hanukkah. Fun though. It's like seven days. Eight? Eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight days. Right? Yeah, yeah it's eight. <laughs> I've given you a complex now. Because <laughs> it's... Oh, fuck, is it? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God. I've just given you this awful thing. Now you're going to... You can't Google this. It's awful. Of course I have. I've really ruined your life here. Well, there's the 12 days of Christmas. Yeah. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it actually starts on Christmas Day, I think. The 12 days of Christmas. Eh? Does it? Yeah. Because or maybe oh, and not. it goes on to New Year's. Yeah, maybe it's even later. I don't know because that's when you're meant to be able to take your Christmas tree down. Twenty six should end on the twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one. That's like that's only eight days. I think no, it goes to January sixth or something because that's when you're meant to take your Christmas tree down. Do you do that? My mum's really strict with Christmas trees. We normally put ours up on like the fourteenth, and then we take it down. On January 2nd, which I don't vibe with personally. Mom, if you're listening. Mom, stop. Stop it. Um, there's a pandemic. Let me do it earlier. I, I would personally put it up on the 1st of December. If I had autonomy over the Christmas tree, we'll go up on the 1st and come down on the 6th. Or never. Eh. Well, I don't know. It's because I have lots of friends of different faiths. I want to buy them Christmas presents, but I don't know the etiquette. I know I just individually ask, but it's like... Sometimes I'll buy one automatically and I'll be like, shit, do I give that or do I just wait for your birthday? I don't know. <laughs> so do you want a Christmas present? Do you want a Hanukkah present? Hanukkah. But I don't want a present from you. I, you. No, because I don't know how to deal with presents. Cause I know if I give you a plant? <gasps> oh my God, please give me a plant. <laughs> I am going home for Christmas because it's technically when I move back to England, which I probably will do for a bit anyway, even though I'm planning to come back at some point. But they've been cancelling loads of flights from Vienna to London and it's like okay maybe I'll just get stuck here over Christmas but my flatmate is American and he's not going back over Christmas either so maybe me and him will just sit and vibe we're doing Thanksgiving um if you forget about what the day is for then I think it's quite an enjoyable yeah experience. if you just think about like we give thanks to each other for existing yeah that's a nice day that's fine just forget about all the historical implications Columbus who yeah I don't know him. <laughs> so that'll be cute and a really strange experience for me. He keeps asking like which food I think he should cook. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not American. I'm thankful for at least three things. Which are? I don't know. Oh, that's okay. Thankful for this podcast for allowing me to bullshit. Aw. Well, when you invited me, I was like, oh my God, I'm podcast worthy. Whoa. I'm a podcast bitch. <laughs> And here I am, 
<laughs> fucking it up. Speaking of fuck it up, could you um, suggest three good movies for the lockdown? Because I believe that you're a smart cinephile. It depends what vibe you're going for. Just stop. Just say three good movies. My favorite movie is Lost in Translation, but it's a bit wanky. If you like a kind of wanky movie. Isn't that with uh, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson? Yeah. Also, like, it is my favorite movie ever. I sob. But Bill Murray, when he played, I think he was 51 when he was in it. And they're not quite love interest. It's a very kind of, they're both in relationships, but they don't really want to be. And they're just trying to come to grips with not belonging. And they meet each other in a hotel. But Scarlett Johansson in that film is 18. Oh, no. They don't. No, they don't kiss. They don't. They have a hug. <laughs> um, Steamy. But there's like undertones. When I look that up, it's a bit like, well, it's fine because they didn't really do anything. And it technically is legal. But, but I think it's just a nice vibe. Also, Mission Impossible 4, 5 or 6. Wonderful. I have an obsession with Tom Cruise. Ridiculous man. What a strange man. Bizarre. <laughs> Who is he? And what is he? Yeah, what is he doing? And um, whenever I feel upset, whenever I'm having a bad pain day because I'm disabled, I watch Tom Cruise movies, specifically Mission Impossible 4, 5, and 6. I think they are the most ridiculous shit ever. I am so happy you say that because I'm also super obsessed with Mission Impossible. Great. Third one is a little wonky in my opinion, which is why yeah. I like the last three one the most. I think the last three, they really come into themselves. They're yes. like, we are allowed to make fun of ourselves. This is ridiculous. Yes. And like all the stunts that he does himself that he really doesn't need to do, like tilting a plane so it's at G-force and zero gravity or whatever. And it's like, bro, we've got a CGI for that. Um, There was one of them where they, they filmed one shot of him last. I think he was jumping out of a helicopter without a parachute and they filmed that scene last because in case he died they could still finish the film they filmed all of the scenes apart from that one tom cruise is a ridiculous man he's a ridiculous masterpiece in a certain way especially the asymmetry of his teeth I oh no that. not the middle tooth my dad explained to me i don't think it's true but it's very lovely of my dad i am really self-conscious about my teeth because one of them is completely broken and so i have a fake one then my dad was like don't worry tom cruise has an on-set specialist who always fixes his veneers that's incredible i don't know lovely lie. That's adorable i just love the big dick energy of tom cruise he's like the shortest man ever I don't find him particularly attractive, but he loves himself. You can tell that he is obsessed with himself. Like, he's also quite modest. I've listened to him in interviews, but I think that he thinks he's the shit. He thinks, like, I'm a sex bomb. I love myself. Really? I don't, I don't know. I think that Mission Impossible helps him with yeah. his insecurities. And that's why he does all the stunts and he does all of this because of his, like, um, complex, his inferiority complex thank you very much that he's like so like i'm just not the shit but when i'm on mission impossible i feel great maybe <laughs> maybe tom cruise is great if you look aside from the scientology the, yep <laughs> but maybe scientology is what makes him do all the stunts i don't know maybe he gets a greater no no fuck that no i, no. I mean he doesn't even see his kid because of Scientology. They said that you can't see your kid if your kid isn't a Scientologist. A lot of stuff going on there. But yeah, those are my two films. I'm trying to think of a third. I love The King's Speech. Oh, that's really... I love Colin Firth with yeah. his everlasting, unemotional face. Yeah. You could also try Tenet. See how you wrap your head around that. I know you'd have to watch it illegally. 
but oh tenet did you like it no (laughs) (laughs) but i think i need to see it a second time but i hate that you have to see it a second time to even begin to grasp it Mm. also they mixed it really badly so you can't hear the dialogue very well oh that's what happened it was like a mixing failure i think so yeah because i was thinking of the cinema fucked up because i cannot hear anything but no everyone has had this experience with it though i do want to watch cats the new cats because <laughs> i hate cats the music i love musicals i'm a big musicals nerd but cat what the fuck is cats cats is the worst sorry 20 cats lovers the musical not the species um <laughs> maybe watch cats maybe i'll watch cats maybe i'll become a cat stan account i asked my roommate what cats was about and she's like about a group of cats there's literally no other plot i've seen it in the theater and it's like cats being cats doing cat things it's just like an excuse for furries to have a good time (laughs) (laughs) savage but i love it okay so you said lost in translation the king's speech and what was the other one Mission Impossible. Oh, Mission Impossible. Any of them. I would give more artsy recommendations if I had more time to think about it. But I think, honestly, not being able to think about it is good because it's what's at the forefront of my brain. It's a good time. Oh, Knives Out is really good, actually. I had a lot of trouble with that film, but that is because I didn't understand it was a parody. Oh. (laughs) So I came in thinking everyone was taking themselves very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) No. I thought, does Daniel Craig not know that he sounds like shit? I mean, in that part, I'm not sure if he knew or not knew, but like his name was LeBlanc or whatever. He was wonderful. It was such an amazing film, I think. And what I like is to see Daniel Craig having an amazing time acting because he hates James Bond. He hates being James Bond. Oh, no, baby. He said that he would rather slit his wrists than play James Bond again. And then he did two more films. So to see him really enjoy a role... It was like having a great time. I also have a massive crush on Lakeith Stanfield. Anything with him in, I'm like... Oh, that's the guy from Sorry to Bother. Yes. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which is also an amazing and underrated film. I didn't watch it. It's great. It's really fucking weird. I gotta watch it. Like, you've really graced us with a lot of movie recommendations, actually. Knives Out is on Amazon Prime right now. I'm definitely not making an ad for Amazon. I think it's a terrible place. Fuck you, Bezos. Yeah, I still buy my stuff there sometimes. Me too. Thinking of another movie that would be great, but the only thing that comes to mind is Rocky Horror Picture Show because I am surprised at how many people have not watched that movie. Really? It's the best. Rocky Horror Picture Show is amazing. Tim Curry is amazing. Riff Raff is amazing. Everyone's amazing. And that's the thing. It's like it challenges gender in such an early time. Yeah. I just I have a lot of love in my heart for it. I didn't understand it at first when I was a baby queer. It's like the Freud, except not shit. It it laid the groundwork so much. Which also kind of takes me back to the conversation we had before about the show Transparent. The fact that like a cis male was playing the character of a trans woman. It's not, it's not fantastic. And I don't know, like I've not seen Transparent, but I know that a lot of people didn't get on with it too well. I can't comment. I've not seen it. I struggle to watch shows that don't cast trans people in these days like if you can't be bothered to cast a trans person then i don't want it there's a really good 
UK sitcom. It only lasted for like six episodes because everything in the UK only lasts that long. But it's called Him and Her, I think. It was about this couple and one of them is a trans woman and the other's a cis man. And he finds out after the first date that she's trans, but it's not a problem for him. Bit of a learning curve, I think, because he's never gone into any queer circles, but it's about him introducing her to his family and that. And, and I think it came out around the same time as Transparent. And it's a real trans woman that they cast, you know, it's not. Uh, a man that's playing a, a woman and and it was such a groundbreaking bit of tv at the time i don't think many people saw it which is annoying but i loved it and i think you can do better than that but yeah i've not seen transparent so maybe it's amazing and i've just shat all over it no no it's difficult it's very difficult to watch the characters are all very strong they all have real characters with real emotions and real differing feelings from each other you know and so that's really cool but it's also really hard to follow sometimes how they feel about their father being trans for example and they call him mapa they call her mapa and it's also just that the son for example is a total piece of shit and he's just like no i think this is stupid you're 60 and now you decide you want to be a woman and like i don't know i find it difficult but on the other hand i'm thinking to Rocky Horror Picture Show as well, where a cis man, um, I don't know what Tim Curry identifies as. I wouldn't ask him right now because we're busy podcasting. But um, he plays a transsexual or whatever. I don't know how they would define this. He just plays a character. And I think that's cool. And I think it's great when people venture out into the space to play characters that are so different from them. But then on the other hand, I also very much understand that trans actors should play trans characters. But then also, I think trans people should just play any character. They should play women. They should play men. It's like, that's how theater used to be run, is that all men played all characters. Now we're finally at a state where it's like, oh, maybe women are allowed to be in theater as well. <laughs> Crazy yeah. idea. Groundbreaking. But I think we should all just play character. Like, it doesn't we should get to that next level where it doesn't matter, where we just remove this fucking idea of gender for a little bit. I mean, I think that's a great idea. I think we're like a hundred paces behind it. We're like, obviously, I think that's a great place to aim for. But realistically, we're like just at the ground level of representation. I'm hoping that when I am 60, it will just not be a question of who gets to play who. I mean, trans rights and stuff have come so far in, even since I was like 15, I'm 21 now. That's what, six years. And I've seen so much development. I mean, when I was like 15, I'm not gonna, you know, lie about it. I was transphobic. My friend came out as trans and I didn't believe her. And I did a lot of growing. And while I was personally growing and, you know, getting rid of these fucking awful ideas in my head, like I've seen the world do the same, but it's still got like, we're only at a very base level, like still. So there's a long way to go. I would like it to happen in my lifetime, but I, I'm always skeptical. So it's just a bit fucked right now, isn't it? <laughs> we're hopefully moving forward. Yeah. And that's the most important. Fuck this creaking chair. Katie, thank you for being so open today and thank always. Thank you for having me, for being a friend. You're a pal and a confidant. And now I'm singing. I find it very sweet. Guys, have a great week. Please stay sane. You too. Me? Yes. You. Oh, wow. I'm breaking the, is it a fourth wall if it's in a podcast? I want you to stay sane. I want you to find a new hobby. I want you to have a great week. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>